Illegal Pete's is back, and we are so pumped to have them on board again. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down lots of restaurants, and Illegal Pete's was one of them. They've been back in action for a while now, and we couldn't be happier to promote them. They have a bunch of awesome new stuff going on, including their sound check promotion, which is an ongoing promotion at all locations that offers a free draft beer or house marg with purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows a same-day ticket to any event. So jump on that if you're starting to go out do things again illegal Pete's can hook you up they also launched their party margs during the pandemic which are 32 ounce house margaritas four times larger than their normal one you can get stuff during happy hour at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m every day one dollar off all drafts one dollar off house and coin style margs twenty dollar party margs one dollar off large chips and queso as well just a bunch of awesome deals right now. Also, apparently their queso is really great and people love knowing that. So now you know. Head on over to Illegal Pete's and get yourself some awesome food today. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by Evan Rowell. We'll get into the Norris conversation, McCarr Fox, and some other defensemen as well in a minute. First, apparently, according to Elliot Friedman, a not-so-young defenseman in Duncan Keith may be getting traded to the Pacific Northwest slash Western Canada. <laughs> um, not a whole lot to go on there, but, you know, that uh, certainly screams Vancouver to me, does it not? Yeah, Vancouver or Edmonton. We were kind of breaking this down. Who could it be? Seattle just doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense unless they're getting, like, assets. Well, they... and uh, as you said before the show, Keith has a full NMC, yeah. so he has to okay anywhere that he would go. Yeah, so Vancouver or Edmonton, I, if I was him, I'd look at Edmonton and say, okay, that makes a little bit more sense, but I don't at know. At least there's a path to that team being good. Yeah, get the best player in the world and then one of the best players in the world, so you can at least see that. But it'll be interesting to see what Chicago gets or – has to give up to get rid of that contract because he is obviously not the same defenseman he was five ten years ago. He is uh, the numbers are not pretty for yeah. his defensive ability. So yeah, that's uh, Chicago. If they somehow manage to get out of one of these contracts again, then 
that league is always letting them off the hook. Yeah, <laughs> there's always a way. That's what we just have to learn for Colorado. Now that they're going to be up against it, there's always a way out of this stuff. Keith, uh, the decline has obviously been quite steep. Um, he's 37, has two years left on the deal. Uh, yeah, two years left. That, that's uh, it's not completely dead money, but at five and a half million for the cap hit. You're, you're you're getting more value out of EJ's contract at that point. <laughs> yeah, because that deal when he signed it was like, whoa, this is legitimately one of the best value deals, and now it's bad. But I mean, that's first, what you expect when you sign a half a like a decade long contract. Or the whatever. first eight years of the deal were great, <laughs> but then they banned contracts longer than eight years. So yeah, it was. <laughs> But yeah, we'll see. He's not going to be in the AS division. Valerie and Shushkin can't. Well, I guess. No, he's not going to be. The Western Canada is not in the division. Not unless something weird happens with the division. I had divisions. to like, yeah. go back into my brain and realize what the divisions are again. Um, so yeah, Nichushkin can't tear his groin in half by skating by him again. You hate to see it. You hate to see it on that front. Um, Duncan Keith for. A significant part of his career was almost the model defenseman in the NHL. Uh, not only did he provide significant offensive production in the 40 to 45 point range with, I guess he had two 60 point seasons in there, but those were certainly outliers. Um, but his defensive ability as well is, is really what shined in call or in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are we seeing, I guess, and I know the answer to this is yes, but the changing of the guard on the defensive side with, you see Adam Fox and Kale McCargo one, two in the Norris voting this year. Yeah, we're seeing it. And it's not even just them. Like you just have to look beyond them. Like Char- yep. was Charlie McAvoy was fourth or fifth. Shea Theodore was right there. Like. It's time to hand it over, and you know Victor Hedman's still going to be there. I would imagine for at least a few more years. But there's a new crop coming in, and I said it yesterday that the Norris Trophy, and we've talked about it on this show before, that if for years it was just like, okay, you have to be recognized for a while before you actually get it. Like Dowdy got the Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award eventually. Yeah. So the fact that a 23 and a 22 year old were pretty clearly the top two vote getters is. I think awesome. And, you know, I know McCard, the reality is I think if he played those last 10 games or whatever that he missed that he probably wins it, but he didn't. So that's why he didn't win it. That's the only reason why I think he didn't win it, to be honest. Just to to back up your point, also in the top 10 was Jacob Chikrin. Um, And then you can kind of go down the list and, and you round things out. There are familiar names in there. Carlson, Petrie, Hedman. Obviously, Latang up there as well, but it, the number of younger guys, Fox 23, McCarr 22, I think Chikrin is 23 as well, maybe 24, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the extremely young on defense. The defensive position is no longer the position where the old adage was, oh, yeah, they need to play 300 games in the NHL before it really clicks. Not the case at all anymore for these guys. Yeah, does McCarr even have a hundred 
games. I think he has a hundred just over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And I think even Darnell Nurse was in there. Yeah. So he's like twenty five. So it was a completely different top ten and it's kinda awesome to see. Um yeah, that's McAvoy is the one who for years it was like a, when he came in and stepped in the playoffs a few years back, it was like, okay, this guy's going to be awesome. And then he just didn't really take Folded off around a little bit. Yeah. And then Krug disappears, Char is gone and all of a sudden he takes off. And sometimes that's all you need. Yep. So sometimes it's just opportunity as much as anything else in this game. But um, to your point, uh, Fox with 40 first place of votes, McCarr with 31. Uh, ultimately, McCarr, it, it was relatively close for an awards vote in the NHL for, mm-hmm. for that top spot. Uh, definitely, I, I think you're correct. The only real knock you can put on McCarr is lack of uh, availability, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. It His on-ice play, he only defenseman in the league to score a point per game this season. Uh, but Fox played, what, did he play 55, 54 games, I think? Something like that. Yeah, he was up there. So, Yeah, and Adam Fox is, he's awesome. He's He had an awesome year. I think he is just, I think he is deserving. Um, that's one of those ones where Calgary drafted him. It's just like New York totally lucked out getting that guy, and all yep. of a sudden they have a Norris winner. What Calgary drafted and then they traded him to Carolina and he's like, I'm not signing here. I'm yep. only going to New York. Must be nice. A long, long line of players to pull that move, but one yeah. of them's bound to be good eventually. <laughs> yeah, right? it usually doesn't work. It's like yeah. Jimmy VC. It's like, okay, that guy kind of stinks. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Fox has worked out so far. Despite the Norris vote, no, let me let me put it in plain terms, as we've already had multiple people in chat say it. Is Kale McCarr better than Adam Fox, in your opinion? I yeah, I would take him over Adam Fox. Okay, so would I, by a decent margin, I think. To be honest, um, when you actually like get into the statistics and break things down, uh, I. Topic I think Avs fans are probably getting used to hearing. Bakar's team is better than Fox's. With New York, they didn't have any other choice. Mm -hmm. Fox, they had to play him in all situations. They had to play him all the time. Certainly on the power play, it literally lived and died through Adam Fox. So just being able to get used in a slightly bigger role, I think helped Fox a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, playing on a worse team, but still have fantastic numbers. Like when you're on the ice compared to when you're off it, that matter a little bit, but obviously McCarr, he can't help who his teammates are. Like he can't help the other defensemen on the team, things like that. So um, it's kind of unfair to hold that against guys like that, but it is what it is. Um, Obviously, Looking at the contract side of things, I'm not sure how much a second place change much first place finish because yeah, dude's gonna get paid assuming. the same either way that way right at that point. Yeah, yeah. he's still <laughs> gonna get paid, and he's just gonna be like, oh well, I lost by 90 points. You're really gonna take 
what, 500,000 off? I don't think so. I don't think it's that big of a deal. 10,000 for every point. Save 900K. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, it's awesome. And the guys that we talked about in Makar's range before the season that are up for contracts didn't even have the years that they expected in Heiskanen and Hughes. And we expect those guys to kind of continue to be in the running year after year too so it's, it's definitely a changing of the guard and my man Rasmus Dahlin who had god awful year at Buffalo no, I eventually think he's going to turn it around yeah. the second he gets traded out of that place he'll turn it around <laughs> um, in any case uh, I do want to get into those other guys a little bit in a later but for now looking at Makar and Fox I guess you can throw Hughes into this conversation as well. Haskin and Dahlian are a little bit different. But for those three, is this the prototype defenseman now? Six foot or smaller, not even 200 pounds, these guys. Um, but absolutely great skaters, absolutely great pub puck movement. That type of that type of thing is is it all in in the NHL on this? Are we going to see a massive? I I know it's already started, but I guess my point is how much is too much as far as a movement in this direction of smaller, more skilled defensemen? Yeah, it's it will be interesting to watch because it does seem like the NHL is trending in that way. But then you look at there's going to be always people that are looking at the teams in the final saying, "Look at how big their defense is!" Like, yeah. But the reality is there's only one Victor Hedman. Like, you're not going to find six six guys like that that can skate and do that. Um, they just never come along. So I think this is kind of the mold that the NHL is headed towards, and then you kind of build around that with different types of guys. But all you have to do is look at the young talent and realize that this is the way the league is trending. Yeah. I, I mean, no doubt it's headed that way, but I do think it'll be curious where the – where the line ultimately gets drawn because how many Quinn Hughes can the league fit? You know, Mm -hmm. can, can Rocco Grimaldi esque players play defense in this league? I still don't think that's super proven. Yeah. It's going to always come down to role because if you have three Quinn Hughes on a team, like, yeah, that's awesome. But like, you only really have what one defenseman on the top power play unit at mo- most teams don't run two defensemen. Yep. Like how much use can you get out of that? Because, you know, just looking at a Quinn Hughes, he's not defensively as good as a Makar or a Heiskanen of those guys. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting how, how far in the direction it goes. Cause we're already hearing it with the abs that they're too small on defense. So yep. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Okay. Well, we can take our first period break on that note as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, which you can get down at the DNVR bar with eight different kinds on tap or find their seltzers at a local liquor store near you. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find that 15 can sampler pack. They're awesome. Super delicious. I can't recommend them enough as someone who doesn't usually drink seltzers. Very, very good. 
And we're also brought to you by that DraftKings Sportsbook. You can head on over there. Use code DNVR when you sign up with a new account. Right now, they're running their $1 for $100 in site credit promo. When you, you, you do sign up, bet on any basketball team still in it to win their next game. Not the series, not the whole thing. All they have to do is win the next game that they play, and you turn that $1 into $100 bucks in site credit. Of course, you can bet on the Cup Finals between Tampa and Montreal. You can bet on baseball if that's your thing. You can bet on the Tour de France. You can bet on other weird random sports that sometimes I don't even understand or know the name of. But you know what? DraftKings Sportsbook does. So they got you covered. Head on over there. Use them. It's super easy to deposit and withdraw at your convenience. Super safe and reliable. So, yeah. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR promo code again to get your amazing one-for-$100 deal. Super easy, super awesome. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Again, $1 for $100 bet paid out in site credits. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And then when you win some money off of DraftKings, use that to sign up for a DNVR membership. It's an awesome time over here. Obviously, all of our exclusive content behind our uh, written guys, both Evan and AJ, working on stuff on that side. You can also support us on the channel. Super Chats are awesome as well, but you know, YouTube definitely takes a significant, significant cut of those, whereas a membership supports us directly. You get awesome stuff like shirts for free if you sign up for the annual membership as well as discounts bigger beer at the dnvr bar access to the dnvr lounge the list goes on and on and on so it's always a great time to get a dnvr membership all right second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook rudo and evan talking about the the new wave of defensemen do we want to do we want to get into that a little bit? Because, yes, everyone knows it's drifting towards Makar, Hughes, Fox-style players. But, and I know they both had a bit of a down year this year in, in Haskin and in Darlene. It's Is that a bit more realistic when you're talking about those inc- bigger guys with that level of talent? Look, they're not 6'6", they're not Victor Hedman, but... You're talking about 6-2, 6-3, maybe even 6-4, EJ-esque style and uh, ability. Probably better players than EJ ever ever became. But it, can those guys be found a little bit more consistently than the absolute freaks that are 6-6 six, six monsters? Oh, yeah. There's just... You're not going to find the 6-6 six, six freaks like that very often. Like even... Um, Owen Power that they're talking about this year going first overall. Normal year, he's not going first overall. Right. This is just not a good year. Um, doesn't mean he's a terrible defenseman, but um, you just have to look at Nikita Zadorov. Like when he got traded here, I remember people saying, oh, this is Hedman. Like he could be Hedman Light. And there's the just not there. there. Yeah. <laughs> You're not normally going to find guys like that, and they can't all develop like that. So. Um, you're more likely to find a little bit smaller. Um, Heiskin is not that much bigger than Makar, I don't think. But Dolene, I think, is a little bit bigger. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of the mold, 6 to 6'2", six, and 
ability to play anywhere. And because Makar is what he's six foot, he's still listed that. I, I, I've seen him listed five eleven. I don't think he's that. I think he's bigger than that. And we've even seen he can throw the body around. So yeah, we're definitely headed towards that mold, and it's more realistic certainly than finding a massive, massive dude to play on defense. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true, and. Part of that is the way the game gets called now, right? At least in the regular season. Uh, <laughs> penalties are a lot tighter than, than they were a decade ago. You can't get away with nearly as much. So defending comes from positional skating ability. And then, honestly, you see it every night with the Avs. It comes as much with getting the puck out of your own zone as getting it in the first place. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned regular season because obviously anyone who's watched the playoffs can see the standard completely changes, and that obviously is going to mess with things if you're going to build a smaller team. So you, I guess, just have to find a happy medium somewhere in between, and that's going to be how teams are going to have to think maybe down the line. How do we find somewhere in between? Because the whole thing about Bettman – yeah, defending they, the refs and defending the refs and saying that they call it, they tell them to call it from the start of the regular season to the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's like anyone with eyes can see that that doesn't happen. It's just like, blatantly untrue. Yeah, so it does change a little bit in the playoffs, and I'm sure we're going to hear about it because on one side you have Hedman and on the other side you have Weber, and those guys are just beasts. Like they're huge and they played a little bit differently, but. I think the key moving forward is going to be it's not just going to be size, but it's just going to be ability to skate because that's obviously where the entire league is headed. Yep. So is that, is that something the Avs need? Do they, do they need a little bit, I guess you could say size and obviously Sam Gerrard is small. Makar is not small, but the league seems to consider him small despite his physical ability. Um, Hayes has plenty of size, I would say. Doesn't need more at the very least. But then you start running into a bunch of young kids and Timmons and Byron potentially in there. Graves has size. Not the best skater. EJ, we have no idea if he'll be back or not. So, And I would argue Graves has size and very sporadically uses it. Yeah, like, definitely. We saw the true. big hit on Yanmark, and it's like, okay, we saw that like twice this year. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think uh, if I was Sackick, I would probably say, okay, this defense, the way we built it, maybe give them a year and maybe try to supplement in some bigger guys. But, you know, if it doesn't work again next season, then I think at that point you've got to say, okay, maybe this whole trending towards, a, you know, we say the entire top four because Byron, we would throw him in there. All guys six one or smaller. Maybe that doesn't work. How small is too small? Yeah. So, and that's why, maybe that's why Seth Jones' name keeps good thrown around with the Avs because maybe they are sniffing around the idea of a bigger guy. He's not particularly physical either, no, though. He's not. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just big. He's big. He's not not even a great skater. I guess you know better skater than Ryan Graves, but that's not a huge bar to climb over. Mm-hmm. For an NHL defenseman, anyway, but it's it will be curious for these guys too. I've talked about AJ 
talked with AJ about this a little bit, but where does the uh, defensive market get set this year? Uh, the obviously been reported out there that all of these major contracts, Fox, McCarr, Hughes, uh, is Haskinen's up too, or do they have one more year? Fox isn't. Fox is still. Oh, Fox is the one with one more year. Yeah. All right. So Haskinen uh, as well. They all want more than Shabbat, who got an eight by eight. But there's also, I, I seems unlikely anyone is going to get put in the realms of like Eric Carlson's deal. No, if I had to guess, I would say it's going to. Obviously, if this pandemic didn't happen, we'd be looking at, in my opinion, ten million for Macar. Yeah. Um, the whole flat cap has changed things. I, I think Shabbat deal is going to be the floor. I would be if they can get if the Aston get Macar at eight by nine, or nine by eight, however you want to say it. I think that's going to be kind of the sweet spot there, and that you hope. I think either way, the market's going to get reset on defense because all these guys outside of. Hughes because he had a big step back this year. I think Haskinen has a little bit more pedigree there because he's played. I think did he played th- he's played three full years there now. And then he had the playoff run, so I think he's got that in his back pocket too. So I think they're all Fox, Makar, Haskinen. I would put them above Shabbat for sure, and I think they are going to reset that market. All right. Fox, is, uh, that'll be interesting to watch because if you're him, do you wait another year and say, pay me more next year? That's true. Bet on yourself a little bit there because he's still going to be the man in New York as far as that defense is concerned. Still going to have Artemi Panarin. You would assume Lafreniere is going to get better yeah. now that their coach is gone. Yeah, Kako maybe could improve as well. So could be living cushy in, mm-hmm. in New York if he waits another year. Could yeah. make the big bucks. Um, I'm curious, uh, what are your, your thoughts on, on defensive playoff performance? You were just talking about Hayskin with it. Uh, obviously we've dissected McCarr quite a bit this year, especially he's a point per game player, but like the entire team disappeared a little bit at times in that Vegas series. Uh, you have someone like Shea Theodore in Vegas who, played quite well defensively, but they also got weird production from guys like Alec Martinez finding the fountain of youth and and things like that. So beyond the size ability is, is there something different that you need from a defenseman in the playoffs? Or is that just, is that something that maybe you get with a little bit of age? Is that consistency? Yeah, it's something you get with a little bit with age. And also I wonder if you, if you're Macar, do you maybe, not just McCarr, these other guys, do you maybe test the limits of what you can get away with, with stick work and, you know, cross checks, things like that. Cause obviously they're not calling it in the playoffs. So you have to kind of test the limits and maybe go a little bit outside of your uh, comfort zone. Um, I think McCarr is a little more mean streak than maybe we think. And I think that's where Bob is going to kind of come yeah. in because he's got nastiness to his game. So um, definitely agree with that on Byram. It's definitely going to come from, you know, playing more in consistency because, I mean, Hedman made the finals when he was, what, 23, 24? I'm trying to remember when they made the finals. I think it was 2015, so maybe 25, something like that. So it takes time, and eventually you learn it over time and the consistency of what you need to do in the playoffs. But, yeah, I'm not super concerned. McCarr was – 
I would say up and down these playoffs. He still put up yep. numbers, but we saw in the Vegas, the first game he was the best defenseman in the world. Yeah. And then the rest of the series, it was pretty disappointing, to be honest. So it takes time. So I guess it's kind of weird to talk about, but we're talking about playing to the refs as a skill for defensemen. Um, and it, it's absolutely true. Look at the playoffs over the last three years, and you can absolutely see go back to St. Louis in, in 1819. And they use the early rounds to find out, or early games in a series, I guess, to find out exactly what they can get away with. And then they, they get away with it as often as they possibly can. Yeah, there's a line everywhere, and you just got to find it. And there's apparently no line in these playoffs. Yeah, so it would seem. You can do pretty close to anything in some of these series. But. Yeah, interference, all that stuff, you can get away with it. It's just a matter of realizing where the line is. And maybe as a 21, 22-year-old, you don't realize that you can maybe get away with more than you think. Yeah definitely think that's a good thing to keep in mind when it comes to these these kids particularly the ones on the smaller side like a Hughes when they age up a little bit they may not be the most physical but if they start to understand oh I can get away with a slash here a hook here they become a lot harder to play against Mm -hmm. so We'll have to wait and see exactly. We can take our second period break on that note as we are brought to you by, we're talking about boys becoming men here. So, you know, it's got to be Manscaped. Use code DNVR to get 20% off at manscaped.com. Get the perfect package 4.0. Get the new uh, weed whacker trimmer. Well, that's not the new one. The lawnmower is the new one. The weed whacker is for your nose hairs. The lawnmower 4.0 is the new trimmer with the super bright light to get all uh, the crevices. If you're like me, put on some pounds over the uh, the pandemic that I still haven't worked off. So, you know, got to get in there. Got to find some space. Uh, again, use that DNVR20 code with Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping on all of their amazing products. We're also brought to you by Solace Meds. You can head on over to one just a couple of blocks down from the DNVR bar. Check out online. Use code DNVR20. Get 20% off your entire purchase. Set it up for pickup. Go into the store. Get what you need. Get out really quick. Super easy. There are four convenient locations if the one down by the bar ain't for you. Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, Broadway. All easy. Awesome. Get in there, get their select deals on a handful of products in store as well, ranging from 10 to 25% off. And certainly last, but certainly not least, Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee. You can get cold brew down at the DNVR bar and you can get 25% off when you use code DNVR25 at checkout online at StravaCraftCoffee.com. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presenting presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Struggling, struggling today. Super chat from Jacob. Thank you very much. Is Flurry's Vesna win an apology, Vesna? Uh, no. Mark Andre Flurry was incredible in the regular season this year. The dude straight up deserved it. I have no argument against it. Again, awards are regular season voting only. So he doesn't get dinged for his little adventure <laughs> in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was deserving. 
no doubt about it. Um, it's it's interesting too, right? Because it is a fair point to say that Flurry and Grubauer, two Vesna finalists, both played behind fantastic defenses this year. So there is a certain level of team play that goes on there that, that that's hard to separate. There always has been, and and especially surface goalie statistics without getting into the advanced stuff. But Flurry was just great. I I have no argument against Flurry on this one. Yeah, I think you could even Vasilevsky, obviously behind yeah. a great team too. But he yeah, wipe his tears with a second Stanley Cup, I guess. Yeah, but. he can. <laughs> um, is that uh, is that something that Avs fans are just going to have to get used to being the being the bridesmaid on these individual awards here? Because outside of the Calder, which they have won plenty of. Uh, it's been a very long time since the Evs have won an individual award. I think you have to go all the way back to Hey Duke winning uh, the the Rocket, was it? Yeah, but that's not even a voted on award. Yeah, right. But you know, he it's still an individual. The, the last voted award the Evs won was Forsberg's Heart, I think. Potentially, yeah. I don't remember. Excluding Calder, obviously. Yeah, they've won like four of those, but um, no, because I think we said Makar is going to win a Norris very soon, and to be honest, McKinnon is dangerously close to getting that lifetime achievement MVP award. That's no matter true. What. Yeah, he's been all over it. Been up. Is this his third time nominated? Maybe fourth time. Yeah. Two second place finishes. So yeah, he'll get one. Oh yeah. Patrick Waugh. There you go. Oh yeah, the the <laughs> coaching the coaching award. I totally forgot because because Sakic has been snubbed a handful of times yeah. for the end of the year. If, if we want to talk snubs, that was the year of Varley snub. Varley, yeah, Varley's non Vesna year for sure. Been like MVP. He should have been in the running for MVP. That team had no business being up there without him. O'Reilly won the Lady Bing. Sam Gerard won a Lady Bing, I believe. That's true. You're right, but those are McKinnon those are the fake won. awards. Oh, yeah, duh. McKinnon won one last. But those, <laughs> those nobody are the cares fake about awards. those. Yeah. The players that, don't even care about those. Yeah. I think McKinnon was mad that he won the Lady Bing and not the MVP. So there's a story. I think Alexander Mogilny won the Lady Bing, and he just was like, I don't want this. Like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't think you want to win the Lady Bing. So, I mean, Jacob Slavin winning, I think, is a guy who's like, okay, that's somebody who deserves it. And he probably prides himself on that. But if you're Nathan McKinnon, you're probably like, what the hell is this? This is not a heart trophy. Yeah. How, did I, I just, how did I even get this? <laughs> the, yeah, definitely. He made sure he wasn't going to win it this year. <laughs> that's yes. for sure. Throwing helmets and such. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, the Bud Light Plus Minus Award, everyone's favorite. Yeah, NHL I can't believe award. we still heard all about that this year in the playoffs too. It's like that was last year with Graves. Yeah, like, stop talking about it. It's game forty-five, and they're like, <laughs> "Well, his plus minus last year was great. <laughs> now it hasn't happened this year, but <laughs> yeah." <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I guess the Evs have won a fair share of awards. It's just the weird random offshoot awards that no one cares about. <laughs> um, 
but very likely some some more important awards on the way, both individually and hopefully a little bit bigger than that as well. Uh, I guess they won a president's trophy this year even. So the the trophy case is, is open and ready for business. We'll put it that way. Um, moving back to the defense, Makar, that type of player, what is... What is the skill that these guys really – I look, for McCarr, it's his agility, right? McCarr can stand on the blue line and shake just about anybody. We see that. It's on an, it's on an otherworldly level. But I don't see that ability that, – that's something special as much in guys like Fox or Haskinen or Hughes. Not to say they're all – Unbelievably good NHLers, but is is that it? Is that what separates Makar? Do some of these other guys have ability like that? Um, for Makar, yeah, I would say it's his skating ability. He's basically McKinnon on defense with his explosiveness, and then yeah, it it really does come down to offensive ability. He's more he's he's got that extra offensive ability that I don't think these other guys have. Like, I think Haskinen's an awesome skater, and we saw it in the playoffs last year that when he gets going, he's very difficult to stop. Um, but his playoff production last year has not been replicated in the regular season at all. Yeah. So he just doesn't have that. Hughes took a step back this year and Hughes, we know is not the best defensively um, with Fox. I think where he gets by is his smarts. Yeah. I think he's a really intelligent defenseman. So they're all a little bit different, but McCarr's skating and offensive ability kind of separate him because they are, elite whereas those other guys don't necessarily have that so uh, the the point i'm digging at here is while these guys may not have size it's still physical ability that can separate them apart with truly elite skating fox a little bit different with with mental ability but your your body can only work as fast as your body can work right you have to have some high-end talent there Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun to watch. I'll tell you that for sure. When, when you move all these guys and I look, I guess to a certain extent, some of that is these kids have been playing this way since they were six years old. You know, the, the way defensemen are coached up from the beginning is, is vastly different than it was 20 years ago. It's, it's no longer about, sealing people off as much and and using your your physical ability to stop people it's about going forward as well so absolutely it's a fun league yeah that's why eric carlson in his prime people will always say he didn't play defense as like well he never had to play defense (laughs) he always had the puck exactly you don't have to play defense if you're playing offense Mm -hmm. it's big brain time uh but McKinnon still got for I haven't looked at all the voting. Yeah. He still got first place Lady Apparently Bing he got Bo. two first place Lady Bing votes. <laughs> and five people left Kale McCarr off of their Norris ballot. Not that it would have changed the the winner, but Yeah, I don't no comment. We'll see. Yep. Everybody's uh still talking about all the all the trade rumors. I still don't think Seth Jones happens in a million years to Colorado for the record chat. That would be 
Because there's no way they could afford him yep. after this year. So you're just giving up a lot for a one-year rental, which I guess if Sackick really felt like they needed to go for it this year, maybe. But I, I just don't see how it would work. Yeah, me either. It doesn't seem realistic at all to me, but it could happen. We don't know. I'm, I'm not out here pretending to know what Columbus is trying to do. <laughs> I like to think we have a little bit of an idea what Colorado might try to do, though. <laughs> so, And having Makar, Gerard, Taves, Byram somewhere down in that list, possibly Graves, possibly EJ, possibly Timmons. Uh, AJ has talked a lot about Jamie Alexiak, and even he gets hard to fit into this defense. Um, Seth Jones is it would be an upgrade on some of those dudes, but it's just so hard for the Avs to to move pieces on their defense right now because they have you know second place Norris guys, and Tay's got some votes as well. I think Tay's finished like eleventh or twelfth. Yeah, he's eleventh. So. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe I, the the obvious glaring issue I think was everyone watching Patrick Nemeth in the playoffs, and admittedly, Sam Gerrard did not have a good playoffs as well. Yeah, Gerrard. I I would argue he really hasn't had a good playoff, like a good playoff run consistently since he's gotten here. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. So. I mean, he dealt with injuries in previous years in the playoffs, too. So, Well, that's another issue entirely, too, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not super concerned, but I would say, if, like we talked about, if this goes on another year, like how do you how do you continue to do this another year and build around a smaller defense? I think any GM is going to be like, okay, maybe it's time to switch it up. And maybe they're going to do that this summer. We don't know. Yep. So, it. I guess the the experiment will continue. AJ likes to call the Avs the grand experiment with all this commitment to to speed and and playing up tempo, high paced, offensive first to a certain extent hockey. Uh, look, at times last year it, they were the best team in the league, I think, by a decent margin. But at other times, they couldn't find anything, and. Look, it starts with the defense. We saw it in the Vegas series. When when your defense is stuck in their own zone and failing to do the exact thing they're designed to do, maybe there is something to fix there. I don't know. But we can uh, we can wind down the show here, Evan. And, and any final thoughts on this next wave of defensemen, guys like Makar, the, the young young kids coming in? Where do you think it's all headed, ultimately? Um, as far as the next wave goes, I... I'm still a big Rasmus Dahlin fan. I think people just really forget that I've that organization a little is bit, just yeah. absolutely jacked up. Like I have no <laughs> idea what they're doing. It just seems like everything is falling apart over there. And I don't think you can throw what he did as an 18 and 19 year old. Cause it just had not been done before as a defenseman. So I think he's awesome. It's just, I think it's great to see. I'm, I'm a fan of skill. That's why I did not want to see a Montreal Islanders finals. I'm Tampa Bay is obviously built and kind of added some size, but the reality is they're based around their top end players being extremely skilled. So 
if Tampa Bay wins again, I think it's a win for skilled players in this league. And that's the way I hope the teams are going to build, continue to build down the line. And it's not to say you can't or shouldn't have size, but because you have to have a little bit of balance for everything. But um, super excited to watch this next group of young defensemen and how just how talented and how great of skaters they really all are. Cannot disagree with you on that. I, the skating ability kids who come into the league with these days is just incredible. Everybody can fly. Um, so always looking forward to that. To your point on Darlene, look, everyone's saying, oh, man, Darlene had such an awful year. He still had 23 points in 56 games. Yeah, his his plus minus was hilariously bad, but that's because he plays in Buffalo to a certain extent, right? Like, you know there's a better player than that in there. Yeah. He he definitely was not good defensively this year, but that team is just – you do wonder how much of it is just the environment because, yeah, I don't know. You just need a culture change. Like we saw with the Avs, things were just down in the dumps, and all of a sudden things changed a little bit. And the same players that were here, like McKinnon, suddenly just figured it yeah. out. Like a 99-point player now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So it can change on a dime. Our producer, Allie, telling us that Tampa has won too many things lately, which is somewhat they do. true. They deserve yeah. to suffer a little bit. <laughs> if, if, if the Bucks are good in the NFL again, Tampa's got to stop. They're the new Boston <laughs> at that point if they keep winning hockey and football. Yeah. Sports are meant for pain and suffering it's and true. happiness every once in a while. Yeah, you're not they allowed to just win all the time. already. <laughs> <laughs> then there people go. are going to hate them like you said like people hate Boston. Yeah, they they need at least 15 years off from winning confirmed. It's, it's nothing's ever going to be as bad as Boston just because of well, they had the it's Red Boston. Sox too, and it's just, just the people there. Like, all right, you said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, nothing. I mean, do people in Tampa Bay even like just talk? Like, I don't even see anyone from Tampa Bay in my like social. It's not like Boston anywhere close to it. I don't think. Well, I, Boston has all four major championships in the last fifteen years. Is it? I don't who. When Boston won in 2011, right? Yeah, they got so, baseball, hockey, basketball. Is yeah, they won. Yeah, they did win all of them. Yep. So, I, I mean, one's a move. massive market in Northeast, and then one is just like in Florida. Like, it's just it's a little bit different. Definitely, definitely different. It's not even Miami. It's it's Tampa. So, <laughs> but but they are winning a lot. So, you know, chill it out. It's time for uh, it's time for someone in the the mountain range to to win some stuff. How about that? <laughs> All right. On that note, we are out of here for the day. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video on YouTube. It helps us out a ton here on the channel. We're still. I think we just crossed thirteen thousand subscribers, some somewhere in there. But we're we're yes. trying to work all the way up to hundred k. We want our silver play button, chat. We want one. Uh, Either way, thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate you. We will be back tomorrow, probably at 1 p.m., back to our normal time, but playing it by ear a little bit here uh, as we see how things go until AJ's all set up in Canada. So until tomorrow, we will talk to y'all later.